You're listening to the Empowered Divorce Podcast, where women support women who have experienced betrayal trauma and abuse and are now facing divorce. Here, you'll learn tools and concepts to help guide your journey from a place of empowerment by trusting yourself and becoming the chooser in your life. I'm your host, Amy Woolsey. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello, my amazing, beautiful listeners. How are you today? Thank you for joining me on the Empowered Divorce Podcast. I am excited tonight. I believe when this airs, it will be the first Thursday of the month. So for those of you who want to come and join me face-to-face and ask some questions, I hold once a month a free Q&A. And I believe that will be tonight as you're listening to this. So go to the show notes or over to my Instagram at Amy Woolsey. You'll find the link to register for that. And join me and ask those questions. It's also an opportunity to meet with other women who have the same questions. So I think that this is a wonderful opportunity for a lot of women to feel the support, to not feel so alone, to not feel crazy, and to get some of these questions answered. All right. Well, the topic today, children and dealing with Disneyland dad. Oh my gosh. I I do have a lot of thoughts to say about this, but you know, a lot of the topics and a lot of the things that that I share, I always want to start off with validating and holding space for those of you who are in situations where you left an abusive um, marriage. And, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of tools, things that you can do that aren't always helpful when abuse is part of the situation. And unfortunately, a lot of you women have not been supported by the legal system or even supported by your internal family system or even a church organization where you have felt maybe alone or crazy or ostracized because of so much of the covert abuse, right? A lot of that abuse that isn't overt. You might not have the bruise on your face, but my gosh, there's a lot that's going on underneath that other people don't see. They see just the the fun loving dad that's super nice and they're not seeing all of the 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 other stuff behind the scenes. And so I want to hold space for those of you in those situations and now your children are in that environment. You know, I think a lot of us were hesitant and even afraid to leave a marriage to begin with because then it means your children were going to be with him and you're not there. And I know that I felt like, well, I can't do that. It's safer for me to stay even if it isn't healthy at least I'm here with my kids, right? And granted, there is some sense of security that you feel when you have them there, when you're there. But the truth is your children were being affected and impacted with or without you. And you removing yourself from that environment now gave them a fighting chance to see what healthy looks like. You have an opportunity now to create a healing, healthy, safe home for your children And even though your children are going to be impacted by both parents, they always were, whether you're divorced or not, you now have an opportunity to show them something different, to show them a different experience. Because our kids are here having a human experience too. They're going to get bumped and bruised. And by them being in your environment, even if it's 50 or 60% of the time, you're giving them more than what you're probably giving yourself credit for, an opportunity to feel safe. And so I just want to continue to encourage those of you 
who are in those situations to hold on to what you can control in that home environment and know that you're doing more than, than you realize by showing them a different way. So again, when we're talking about Disneyland dad and a lot of the thoughts and things that I share, if they aren't helpful because of the abuse dynamics, I just want to hold space for that. But by you leaving an abusive marriage, you're giving them a chance to see the difference between light and dark, healthy and unhealthy, helping them choose love between self-gratification. And it's still really hard to watch them go over to the other parent's house and see how they are being impacted. And you don't have to be happy about that. And that's not what I'm offering you here today is that you have to be okay or happy with that. What I really, what, what having an empowered divorce is, is seeing what you do have control over and magnifying what you do have control over. And that is your environment. So this narcissistic Disneyland dad really shouldn't surprise us because narcissism is self-ism. It is an egocentric way of looking at, at life. It's an insecurity. It's a lack of emotional maturity and all of that breeds narcissism. So of course, when one is emotionally stunted, emotionally immature, then that childlike management of emotions makes sense and childlike qualities in someone like this makes sense. So him showing up in this way with the children, this Disneyland dad, isn't so far off when we're talking about emotional immaturity coming from from that that parent, right? Now, when we're talking about someone who struggled with addiction, there there are absolutely destructive abusive behaviors that couple that. And then we also talk a lot about family of origin abuse. So there's all different kinds of elements of abuse. And if you're, just on a side note, if you want to get more curious about the types of abuse that you experienced and all the different elements of abuse, this will actually, I have an assessment that I can give you that was created by Kimberly Day, who's one of my dear friends and colleagues. She created this assessment that really in very detail goes through every element of abuse and highlights your experience around each of these different elements And so if you want to reach out and get more curious about that, I can do that assessment with you. What I love about this, even doing with women who are divorced, is that it's going to help you validate your experience, see what your experience really looked like, put a language to it, and then help you see what healthy is so that you're not repeating the cycle and the patterns of abuse in future relationships. So I'll put a link to that if you're interested in doing that assessment with me. I really highly recommend it. It's a very powerful, impactful assessment. Anyways, I will always, always, always advocate for women who are being impacted by abuse and to do whatever you can that's in your control to stay safe. And if your children are in physical danger, then please seek professional help to navigate your options here. We are talking mainly today about situations where you're noticing that the other parent, because of their lack of emotional maturity, because they have these unhealthy behaviors, yet they still can show up very playful and very childlike with the kiddos. And it can feel dangerous to you because 
you get it. You see the, the patterns and you were impacted as the spouse in a completely different way. Your children might not be impacted the same way that you were. And I think that's important to kind of get clear about. So you might be viewing this behavior from a very legitimate place, right? Because of your experience with him as a partner, as a spouse. Now, that doesn't mean that the capability isn't there. I get that. However, most of the time, they are going to show up with the children in this very immature way because that's how they can relate to the children. Does that make sense? So, and like I said before, he can be mean and defensive and critical and hostile and may also be playful and childlike and be insensitive to the needs of you and his children. And he relates to his children in a very playful way. And he can accomplish this by being what is dubbed as Disneyland dad. Dads of this type of emotional immaturity are not able to set boundaries. Now, Please hear me out. This is not an excuse for their behavior, okay? They can absolutely become healthier and learn how to make a shift in their brain and, and unlearn these, these destructive behaviors and start, you know, practicing emotional intelligence, but they have to choose it. And for those of you listening who are divorced, I'm gathering that they didn't choose it and that's why you chose divorce. So really my goal first is to just validate the hell out of this dynamic and how messy it can really be and how scary it can look from your perspective when you're watching this happen because of your experience. And I think most importantly, what I had to do is separate my experience with my ex versus my the, the experience that my children have. So when I saw him showing up as Disneyland dad and playful and no boundaries, that felt dangerous to me because it was dangerous to our relationship right? As husband and wife. And even though it isn't healthy how he's showing up with these children, I'm going to talk about how that different ways that this can really manifest in terms of being unhealthy, but it isn't necessarily physically dangerous, but your body is going to maybe respond to it as such. And so we kind of want to see if that's going on, if, if that might be showing up for you, because It's going to be really, really critical here for you to separate the two, to really see clearly what's going on and recognize the difference between an actual physical abuse situation versus this very immature, unhealthy dynamic that your children will have with their father. Okay. And again, you, by you having a safe home and a safe space, you're giving your children an opportunity to see that and to notice the difference and choose for themselves. Okay. I'll talk about more about that today. I really just want to invite you amazing listeners to hear my thoughts today with curiosity, with awareness. And remember that if your goal is to have an empowered divorce, then we want to be open to new empowering thoughts. And when we think I'm the bad guy and he's Disneyland dad. That's not empowering. So I'm addressing today the parts of divorce and separation where the kids go to dad's house and it's all fun and games and there's no rules, no boundaries. And then they come to your house and there's rules, chores, homework, boundaries. You might be hearing things from your children like dad's house is more fun and you're so boring and you never do anything fun. And I like dad's house better. I don't have to eat broccoli over dad's house. And why do I have to here? 
right? That's So when I'm referring to Disneyland dad today, I'm referring to the parent who is all too willing to do the fun stuff with their kids, but unwilling to do the hard parenting, like enforcing and being consistent in bedtime or (laughs) eating vegetables. All of the heavy lifting is falling on you. Mom does the hard work and dad dodges it. That that dynamic right there is what I'm addressing today, okay? And I mean, when your greatest adventure of fun with kids is letting them pick out one piece of candy at the store and dad's is to go to this trampoline land and have all the soda and pizza they want, I mean, how are you going to compete with that, right? Well, hopefully after today, you can see that you can't and you're not going to want to. The truth is you don't want to compete because your children love you both and they need you both, and they will always be your children. What I always invite you to do when listening to these episodes is notice all that your brain is offering you to oppose and object to different thoughts that are shared. Write them down. And those are fantastic thoughts to bring to a coach or to a therapist is how can I get unstuck? Because here's what my brain cannot get past here. All right. When I see a lot of women get stuck in this thought of I'm the bad guy and he's Disneyland dad, ultimately that is a very disempowering thought. And an empowered divorce is shifting your thinking. Okay. So what is the experience that my children are having and need to have rather than focusing on what's fair and not fair? I was so stuck in what's fair and not fair. I guarantee the other parent is also most likely focused on what's fair and not fair and has his own set of thoughts about his time with the kids or lack of time. And so focusing on what you can control, your thoughts, and ultimately making choices that best serve your children and their needs comes first. And it can be maddening as hell when you're doing that, but the other parent isn't. And again, I want to remind you that you can only control what you do in your home, in your environment, and it is enough. That even if the parent isn't on board and showing up in this way, your children will be able to still see the difference and recognize the difference at some point in their life when you consistently show up in this healthy way, okay? Children do need both fun and structure, consistency. They need the both play and the rules. Ideally, they do get it from both parents. But majority of women I work with and what I see, they're not getting that from both parents. And it's not possible when most of you are divorcing because the other parent is an addict, abuser, narcissist. And so getting on the same page is most likely not going to happen. Okay, but that doesn't mean all is lost. So hang in there with me today. That parent-child bond is not built upon new toys. It is not built upon how many vacations or how many trampoline parks they visit. That parent-child bond is also not damaged by chores and rules. Children form these secure attachments when their parents consistently meet their physical and emotional needs and they spend time together. Something that doesn't need to happen at a theme park. 
simple activities, predictable, comforting rituals, like reading together at bedtime each night, that bond right there can feel, can create that safety and that love for that child. Now, while Disneyland parenting might not necessarily be harmful to the child's child-parent relationship, there, there are some experts that talk about that long-term impact. And, and I think a lot of you women listening to that, that's where your brain's going too. You're worried about the long-term impact on your children. And it's totally valid because research does show that this kind of fun-only parenting can really set children up for equating love with getting things. And now they expect that nonstop fun and believe that others need to make them happy. And when they don't get what they want at your house, then they're disappointed and angry. This only fun parenting does not prepare children for real life. And so when you see this happening over at the other parent's house, it can absolutely send you into a worry or fear spin. Like I get that. Whether the fun parent syndrome is coming from a place of of their guilt around the divorce or not, either way, the impact is real. And I don't for one second pretend to ignore that. And I think a lot of you listening, that's what's in the forefront of your mind. That's what you're seeing and that's what you're worried about. I do think that both parents can find themselves in this category sometimes. If you are even the rural parent, when you see your child grieving and feeling these big emotions... Sometimes we can take that as a reflection on us. We can take it personal and then want to personally fix it. And then we inadvertently give this message to our children. Oh, you poor thing. You poor thing that you're suffering at the hand of your dad's choices or whatever, right? Rather than having a healthy, empowering approach where helping your child to build resilience by teaching them that we all live through difficult things and We have the ability to choose and feel and heal and move forward and do hard things. But when we're parenting out of guilt, any of us, and we're trying to make up for what we feel like, you know, damage we've caused to the children, or we're trying to make up for the damage we feel the other parent caused to the children, it's sending a wrong message, sending an unhealthy message. So again, It just takes one person in your child's life to show them the example of healthy, to teach them these principles. And you can do that by living them in your own life. This is also where you got to dig deep and see if these decisions you're making as the rural parent are really coming from a place of maybe being tied to him. Like you just picked up the rope again, right? And now you're maybe seeking restitution or justice or an apology. And then we use our children inadvertently as pawns to get that sense of justice. This can happen so subtly. So it takes some awareness here and some willingness to see yourself without judgment. And what I want to offer you is then to choose your children's experience over your own experience. So what experience will be best for them? What do they want to experience? And look, as kids, they want to have fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know that because I was still really mad at my ex and I blamed him for all of my problems. I felt a lot of resentment for having to work so much outside of the home. I still felt hurt because I never got full truth or restitution. I was getting little to no child support. And so, yeah, when he had fun with the kids, I was pissed. I was thinking about 
my experience that I was having while he was off having fun, I wasn't thinking about the kid's experience. So my brain found all of these reasons why I needed to be the opposite of him as a parent and believing that that's what my kids needed. They don't need fun. They don't need play. They don't need skipping homework. That was irresponsible because he's so irresponsible and I was going to be responsible So I was going to make sure that my kids see responsibility and are responsible children. Do you see? So now my parenting style was from a place of, I have to be the bad guy. I have to have the rules. I'm the one who's responsible because he's not. Really what's going on there is I'm holding on to my own experience and emotions with my ex and bringing my kids into it. And it's affecting the way that I show up as a parent. These thoughts are creating emotions like frustration, irritation, anger, resentment, and a little bit of doubt because when I was in this space, I was all of those emotions and then doubting so much of myself. Like, I'm a bad mom. I'm a mean mom. What if I'm driving my children away and what if they love me less? So what I want to offer you is the idea that those thoughts, I have to be the responsible parent. I have to be the bad guy. What if they're not true? What if your brain wants you to think that they're true, but you don't actually have to be the responsible one? You don't have to be the bad guy. Now, I know your brains are like, yeah, I do because he won't. And the kids are never going to learn responsibility and they're never going to get their homework done and they're going to grow up and be heathens on the street and it's all going to be my fault. Like, holy shit, that's a lot of pressure. And maybe your brains aren't as mean to you as mine was, but that's what I would think. Having an empowered divorce is practicing to choose thoughts from a place of conscious choice. I have tos, I can'ts, I shoulds are not empowering thoughts. And when you think those, it creates this energy that produces a certain emotion and then drives your actions. Okay, so here's an example of what I'm talking about, because again, this can be so subtle and obvious, but I'm going to give you a couple different examples. When I believed that I had to be the responsible one, that he was Disneyland dad, he gets all the fun, I get all the hard, I didn't know just how much added stress and pressure I was inviting into my life with those thoughts. My boys who were in elementary school at this particular time were being picked up by their dad from school this one day. And in my home, I'd have them get homework done, First, before they did their games or whatever, I'd go through their backpacks, sign what needed to be signed, you know, sign up for whatever stupid thing they had to bring to school or like whatever, right? I'll check their homework. Most of the times I'd have their sisters helping also because I'm multitasking, running around, trying to find a million things to do at the same time. Anyways, he picks them up. They go get Slurpees. They play basketball, baseball, go swimming, eat Oreos for dinner. And then they come back home and homework isn't done. Somewhere between school and dad's house. In my house, all the papers are now lost. And when those boys show up, because I have lots of thoughts about what just happened over at dad's house and what should have been happening instead, that produces a lot of emotion like anger and resentment. So can you guess how I showed up as a mom when those boys walked through the door? Can you guess how might I have been acting? Yeah, snippy, short, calling out orders, sometimes rude. 
Because now I'm like, well, glad you all had fun and now you have to do homework and now you have to clean your room and sure would be nice if dad actually was responsible and no wonder we have a stomach ache because you just ate a bag of Oreos and now you have to go to bed early and oh, by the way, take your vitamins and hope that sugar doesn't make you sick because if you get sick, then guess who has to take care of you, right? Me. (laughs) And then I have to take work off and then I don't get paid because your dad doesn't pay child support. That means I'm going to have to go without something. Oh my gosh, just get your homework done. Bad guy, right? Is that relatable or am I the only one? Seriously. And then on a larger scale example, that might look like he gets remarried and they go on this family vacation. You didn't even do family vacations when you were all together. And now, now the kids get this great trip. You're not a part of it. You miss out because you guessed it. You have to work and pay all the bills and you have to be responsible. You can't go on vacation. There's the I can't statement, right? I can't do any of those things. So now when you're asked to pack things for the kids to take on his family vacation, your actions might look like throwing, no, chucking their clothes into the bag and accidentally forgetting their, I'm air quoting, forgetting to put their toothbrush in there so that he actually has to buy another one. Just hypothetical here, (laughs) right? And then when the kids get home and they want to tell you about it, the energy level at this line, when the thoughts of I'm the no fun mom and he's Disneyland and play all day, dad. So when they tell me about the trip, I'm really not happy for them. And if I'm being real with myself, I was looking for all the things that might have been bad for them that, you know, so that I can feel better. Like, oh, you had to ride in the back of the trailer and it was really bumpy and made you sick. Oh, that sounds awful and dangerous and even illegal. Wow. Can't believe that happened. Okay. Are you seeing this? Are you relating to this? No judgment. Now, let me just pause for a brief intermission. With a loving reminder that you do not need to judge yourself, (laughs) okay? We're just observing. We're being curious. Like, again, most of my listeners, most of the women that I work with, this role of I'm the responsible one and I have to be the bad guy was probably happening in your marriage before you even divorced. So this role you've probably had for years, is very familiar. And so it's going to feel very uncomfortable and even maybe feel unsafe in a lot of ways to let it go. Like, no, I can't. I can't not be the responsible. I can't be fun. Someone has to be responsible. I just want to validate that and hold space why that feels so dangerous to let go. Okay, I get it. Here are some new thoughts to consider practicing that will absolutely make a shift for you And your kids will feel it too. First, remember that you cannot change him. You cannot control what happens over at his house. Now take a long deep breath and just release all of that control. Okay, so here are a few things that you can do that are in your control. And this is what I want to offer you today. If you do have significant concern and would like to attempt communicating with the other parent, I want to invite you to try emailing first. Okay, remember, for those of you who are dealing with a narcissist slash addict, be realistic in your expectations for change here. Now, by all means, have a voice and share thoughts. Just know that they might not be received, and there are safer ways to have a voice. I always like to offer email first. When you do the email, make it very business-like, meaning remove all emotions, 
and I statements. Present facts, suggestions, and again, if you get angry, name call, or accuse in that email, it's over. So I want you to know that if you have legitimate concerns about your children with the other parent, then yes, we want to be able to communicate that and co-parent. However, the reality of co-parenting with someone like this, it's just, it's going to be limited. The expectations, I want to be realistic And quite honestly, a lot of the women who are co-parenting with dads like this don't have realistic expectations. So I just keep reminding yourself, come back to your bubble, back to what you can control. And you did, again, the most brave thing and leave that situation so that you do now have control over your environment. And that's what you focus on. But if you want to voice a concern... My suggestion is to do it through email. Okay, and make it very businesslike. All right, second suggestion is to let go of the competition. Your home is not a competition to his home. Remember, you divorce for a reason. You don't want things to be like his home because that's why you left. Now you get to be the creator of your home and it's not a competition. You can choose what you want to experience in your home with your children. And if you want to have fun... Have fun, but don't make it from a place of trying to outdo Disneyland at. If your idea of fun is going on a hike with the kids and, and they complain about it, that's okay. They can complain, but you choose your thoughts and you own them. Hey kids, I'm feeling excited to be outdoors and explore. And I just love being with you and sharing all these experiences with you. And this is what we're going to do today. You can totally have your own thoughts and feelings about it. I really sure hope at some point you can join in the fun. Let's go. Remember that kids are not playing the emotional game that sometimes we as parents are. And this is what I was talking about earlier in the beginning of the episode. I was talking about separating your experience with you and your ex versus the experience your children have with their dad. It really is, I want to say air quote, normal, it makes sense why some of you are probably trying to compete and might not even realize that you're competing. Okay. For example, this just another thought came to my mind of something that I, I would do. I rem- I wanted my children to see me. I remember there was this time where <laughs> I wanted my children to see me as fun, like funner than dad, because I knew that they were having a good time there. And I wanted to have fun with my kids too, but it really what was going on like underneath was I wanted them to see me as funner than dad, right? It really wasn't about my relationship and my experience of fun with myself and my children. It was, there was always this underlining comparative thing happening, comparative suffering happening with dad. And I, that's what I want you to get curious about without judgment, because we want to see if that's there. It makes sense why it's there. Okay. That's why I say no judgment, but we want to see it and expose it. And then stepping into your power and having an empowered divorce is choosing to be fun because you just want the experience of it. And it has nothing to do with the other parent. But I just think that there is this space after divorce where it's common, it's normal 
to be in this comparative suffering. And so I don't, I'm not like making those of you who are in that spot wrong. I want you to notice it. And then when you can expose that, that's when you can go, oh, yeah, I'm really planning this thing with my kids, not because I really want to just have the experience, but because I really want them to see me as funner than dad or fun as dad, or just I want them to not maybe feel so negatively about me, right? That kind of energy isn't sustainable and it really isn't coming from the healthy experience. Does that make sense? So seeing that and going, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. Because when I did that, when that's when that was the root of, of my activities with the kiddos, then when they did have an, like a negative reaction or they were like, this is stupid, <laughs> right, whatever, I got so defensive and made it personal. I took it personal because underneath that was really this comparing, this need for my kids to see me as funner, <laughs> this need for my kids to see me differently than the rule mom or the bad guy. Does that make sense? Okay. So with that, the other thing I want to offer you is your kids' brains are going to go where the dopamine goes. This is why we want to take ourselves out of this. They go where the dopamine goes. They aren't really wanting to make one parent better than the other. They're only thinking about their next dopamine hit. And while you teach them boundaries and dopamine regulation as they grow up, they will see the difference for themselves and be able to more fully choose for themselves what life they want. So if at dad's house, they're constantly getting these dopamine hits because of all of the electronics and all of the fun and it's the next hit, next hit, next hit, them being at your house, okay, when you have boundaries and there are rules and there are consequences, you're giving your children an opportunity to, for their brains to see the difference. And that's not always going to come with positive emotions. They're not going to like that, especially when they're going through a dopamine withdrawal. So it's really important to not make their emotional reactions mean something about you in terms of your enoughness as a mom, okay? And not, it's, it's important to not then reiterate that message to yourself of, see, I'm the bad mom, I'm the not fun mom, because of their reactions, because they're coming off of a dopamine hit from dads, right? It doesn't mean the work that you're doing now to show them the difference isn't working, when they have a big emotional reaction. It is working. It's just going to take time for them to consciously choose the difference. But you showing them the difference, I, I just I cannot even stress how critical that is. But you mamas are doing great work. When you show them that choices have consequences, when you show them that it's important to have boundaries, hold boundaries, respect other people's boundaries. When you show them that life has rules, the world has rules, God has rules. When you show them this and it isn't received with those positive emotions, it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong and it doesn't mean it isn't working. 
But when you tell yourself, when you think, I'm the bad mom, I'm the no fun mom, I'm the rule mom, I have to be the responsible one, what I think often happens is that now we're we're eliminating the ability to also have fun with them because we become so focused on being the opposite of their dad, the opposite of Disneyland dad. And so we overcompensate. But again, your kids are not playing the emotional game here. And so I'd invite you to maybe consider not putting it out to the kids that you can't afford something. Claim your power and say that you're choosing not to spend your money on that right now without apology. This is so different from, I can't take you to the movies. We can't go do fun things. I can't, I can't, I can't versus I'm choosing to spend money on different things because, I mean, look, if we really break it down, you can, right? If you have a job, you make money or if he's paying child support, whatever, you're getting income, you have choice over what you do with that income. You can go on vacation. You can go out to the movies and go out to eat every day. But what are you choosing to spend your money on? And if you haven't listened to the episode I did with with um, my friend Melissa on finances, then what's coming to my mind too right now is is maybe revisiting that episode and revisiting the budget and including the children on that budget where they can see where the money is going and make a budget line for fun. Bringing your kids into that and saying, here's our budget for fun. And what do we want to do with that? What kind of fun can we do with that money? What do you guys have in mind? Claiming your power and saying, here's where we're choosing. And here's I, as your mother, as the head of this household, choosing to use the money for on these things rather than I have to. Do you see the difference in energy? Do you see the difference in messaging that you're giving your children as well? This is empowering. And I know that this isn't for every child because you can't control how children view anything, (laughs) but I've noticed in my own experience and as I've watched other women, the kids watch and respect that strength and courage and will learn how to handle money responsibly by your example. They might not always like it, and that's okay. They don't have to like it. (laughs) But when you are doing things from a place of empowerment rather than, see, I have to be the bad guy, I have to be a responsible one, it's a completely different energy that you are presenting to them. And refrain from making comments about how the other parent is spending money. If Disneyland dad is over there spending his money on all kinds of fun things, Try your very best. It is. It will not serve you. It will not help you to, to make those kinds of comments about the other parent and what they are or aren't doing with their money. Focus that energy on what you do have control over. The next thing to consider is consistency. Consistency in your messaging to your children. Whatever you're telling them, focus on the positive and focus on you and your choices, not their dad's choices. This really will create more stability. You can explain that dad can make his own choices and 
They don't have to be the same as yours and then just leave it alone. Remember, you're wanting to provide a safe place and that means just being you. Your children really just want you, your love, your kindness, your touch, your hugs, you. And even those little people that are resisting you right now still want it. But their worlds are chaotic and so unstable. And once that stability and consistency comes in, once they feel safe to just be, if you're providing that safe space for them, your kids will benefit from that peace, from that healing All right, the last suggestion is around just house rules and the different rules between two houses. Disneyland, dad house, maybe no rules. Or the rules can be sporadic. You know, sometimes depending on the other partner's emotional stability or instability, they might go over there and have all of these rules dumped on them. And then the next day, nothing is followed through and it's like they're all forgotten. So The difference between the two houses and the rules, the simplest approach really is to talk to your children directly and emphasize the fact that they do have two homes right now with separate sets of rules. You have no say over what happens over at their dad's, but you have every say on what happens in your home. Let them know that because you do require certain things of them, it's not because they're your workhorses, but because that's what we do in families. That's what we do to get along with one another. It's what we do to become responsible adults. And be very careful to leave dad completely out of this conversation. He has no room to judge or criticize your home. So set the example and don't mention any of that to your children either about your criticisms on his home. You can save that for your coach or your friends. Look, your kids may not understand the big picture yet. That's okay. Hold it for them. And someday they will have their own space making their own choices. And as I've continued to remind you through this episode, you're giving them an opportunity to see two different life. A big turning point for me and my kiddos was was letting go of trying to get them to trust me and teaching them to trust themselves. I wanted them to trust that I knew better, that I was doing better, that I was showing them healthy and values and morals, and I wanted them to trust that I was right. And if I'm being really honest, like I'm right, dad's wrong. Okay. And divorce or not, these kids living in this world have hundreds of options and choices of how to live their lives. Divorce or not, they still have dopamine dumps being offered to them left and right. Divorced or not, they still find you outdated old and don't think you know what you're talking about. So what if you could trust, if you could trust yourself and know that as you trust that you've got your own back mama and you're going to make choices based on your values and experience and those things that you choose that your children will learn to trust themselves by your example that when they see you choose fun because it's what you want to experience and they'll feel the real authentic energy of that they'll they know when it's coming from a place of comparing they know when it's coming from a place of, of guilt. So when they see you choose fun because you want to experience it, they will learn to choose their own fun experiences, not because someone's dangling a carrot in front of them. That when you hold your boundaries and love yourself and make space for the hard and the messy self, they will learn to hold boundaries and make space to love 
themselves and accept their own messiness. You have the most amazing super mom power, and that is you, just you, because you are their mom and nothing changes that. No one can take that. No one can sever that. No amount of vacations or trips or stepmoms or step-siblings or pools in their house, nothing changes that you are their mother and you get to love them and choose to be the kind of mom that you want to be. You don't have to be the bad guy. You don't have to be the not fun mom or the hard-ass mom unless you want to be. You can just be mom and that is enough. Recognizing that you have more power as just being you than you ever realize is what I'm hoping each of you recognize after today's episode. That you will take some time to maybe write down some thoughts as I've offered you a couple things to consider. See where your brain might be opposing. See where your brain is fighting some of these new thoughts and get curious about that. Your brain's opposing what? And is that really something that you have control over? Having an empowered divorce means believing in your own power first. And you have more than you probably even realize. All right, everyone. I hope this helps. I hope this episode helps a little bit. Mainly just validate how frustrating this can be. But I'm, I really am hoping that I've offered you some things to think about to shift so that you can let go of this idea that you have to be the mean, hard, rule, no fun mom. You really get to be whatever mom you want. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. Hey, want to hear more tools and inspiring messages from moi? (laughs) Follow me on Instagram where you can get the scoop on a lot of my courses, free workshops, and just hear more healing stuff because why not? The link is in the show notes or just find me on Instagram at Amy Woolsey. Remember, you are the chooser in your life and you get to create the life you want. Take care, everybody.